0: So um, today, it marks the beginning of the end of the Christian calendar year. So counting today, we have, I think it's three Sundays left before Advent, and Advent starts the, the new year in the life of Christ. But before we celebrate Christ's birth, we, at the end of our Christian year, we celebrate his enthronement in heaven as the King of Kings, And so, over the next three weeks, we're going to turn our eyes toward Christ, our King. But first, I want to talk about something um, decidedly earthly, and that's our new Facebook page. If you didn't know, a week and a half ago, uh, the mindless Facebook robots flagged us as impersonating a business or individual. We were un- we were unpublished. I didn't know that was a thing. But we were unpublished, erased from Facebook for being an imposter. And I know, I know we exist. Like, we are here right now. <laughs> and, and I don't understand it. I tried to understand it, but I got a big headache. So, I, a few of them in the, over the last couple of weeks. So now we have a new Facebook page, and I hope you like it. Like, really? No, 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 no. Like go on and, and hit Like. On the, I hope you like it on, on Facebook. Um, but in the grand eternal scheme of things, like Facebook calling us an imposter is not that important at all. But it did send me into a bit of like an existential crisis over the last week. Like being accused of uh, impersonating a business got me to thinking like, oh well, no, what, what if we are? What if we are acting more like a business and less like a... Church. What if God is using Facebook to call us out? Like Facebook is a prophet of the new age. Like you've got your book of Ezekiel and your book of Micah, your book of Amos, and now you've got your book of faith that's calling us out. So Shana just closed out a series on, uh, on how Christians are called to be different from, from the rest of the world. But by impersonating a business I wonder if that doesn't bring us closer to the kingdom of man and farther from the kingdom of God. So in a way, I started to experience what social psychologists call imposter syndrome, or more accurately, the imposter phenomena. Are we impersonating a business? Are we just fooling ourselves into thinking that we are legitimate? Does Facebook know something that that we don't? Have we been found out? The imposter phenomenon refers to situations where we are unable to accept an achievement or a positive label because of an insidious form of self-doubt. We attribute our positions or our accomplishments to dumb luck rather than to skill or anything innately worthy in ourselves. A deep fear and anxiety lie underneath all this that one day we'll be found out, we'll be unmasked as as a fraud, that one day our accomplishments might be unpublished, erased as one big hoax. Have you all ever found yourselves in a room full of people that, in, in your mind at least, everybody else in that room was way more qualified to be there than you were? Like, as you look around, you think, why, why am I here? There's got to be some mistake. Who let me in? And how long will it be until they figure out that I am an accident? I do not belong here. I remember this was back in fourth grade. I still remember this. In fourth grade, I was taken out of my elementary school. This is Longfellow Elementary School in Logansport, Indiana. I was taken out of my elementary school and I was sent to a new one to be part of our school district's like gifted program. There were, I think, twenty of us from the four different schools, and they would back in the day, they pulled you out of the different schools and just put you all in, in, in one class. And I was the only one from my school. We, we lived kind of in a more economically depressed neighborhood in town. So actually, this school, it eventually became the juvenile detention center. And, and we, it's true, but we used to like to say that they, they just kept the same kids. They just changed the name to be more appropriate to the student body. Uh, and I still remember sitting with those classmates for the next two years in fourth and fifth grade, constantly thinking, like, I don't belong here. I mean, I knew it was because of grades and testing, that what they said, but I couldn't help but think that I was there because of some sort of accident, or, or maybe they felt like they needed one token kid from the detention center, like, we, well, I just pick one juvie out of a hat, they're all the same, right, and we'll bring them here. I had no business being there, and one of these days, right, I'm gonna get found out. They're all gonna know that I'm an imposter. And then every bad grade I got, or every assignment I messed up, I was like, see? Right, I am an imposter, and they're going to know. And it's only a matter of time before I'm just exposed in front of everybody. Anybody ever found yourself there? In a job? In school? Sports or church? It's actually a fairly common phenomenon in the the kingdom of, of man. A kingdom that emphasizes perfection and performance and perpetual achievement. Thankfully enough, though, today's scripture from the book of Hebrews points out that this phenomenon need not exist as far as the kingdom of heaven is concerned. So this is Hebrews chapter 9, verses 24 through 28. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made by human hands, a mere copy of Of the true one. But he entered into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself again and again as the high priest enters the holy place year after year with blood that is not his own. For then he would have had to suffer again and again Christ since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once and for all at the end of the age, to remove sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for mortals to die once and after that the judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, open our hearts and our minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that as the scriptures have been read today, your word is proclaimed that we may hear with joy what you have to say to us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Now, in case you didn't know, the, the book of Hebrews is a curious book in the New Testament. It hangs out toward the back between Paul's letters and the letters of James and Peter and Jude and John. Only, Hebrews isn't a letter. It's more of a sermon, an exhortation. We're not sure who wrote the sermon, but we're fairly certain that it was written to early Jewish Christians around 65 AD, so hence the name Hebrews. It's one of the most well-written and sophisticated books in the New Testament. And the author does a masterful job of describing who Jesus is and how he relates to the Hebrew people's experience of God over the last few thousand years, especially in light of God's grace and human sin. Christ, the writer says, is our high priest, our eternal high priest, bringing about the end of the temple system of sin management and that's what you call holy timing by the way because just a few short years after the book of hebrews was written the temple was destroyed there was no more temple to manage our sin right before today's reading the author of hebrews has been discussing the system of sacrifices that the jews were called to make by the torah Especially we read about the high priest, his sacrifice of atonement in the Holy of Holies on the day of Yom Kippur, the day of atonement. On this day and only this day, the high priest and only the high priest would enter the innermost room of the temple or of the tabernacle before that, the Holy of Holies. It's a room that contained the Ark of the Covenant and Aaron's staff. The holiest of holy places on earth, the dwelling place of God on earth. And so a sacrifice would have to be made, a sacrifice of blood, and it would be sprinkled about the room to purify the room because the priest could not be in the presence of God because of humanity's sin. So you have to make the sacrifice of blood, purifying it against the sins of humanity, allowing the priest to enter into God's presence. And the high priest would seek atonement for the sins of the year for all the Jewish people. And this would happen each year because, well, we're human and we like to accumulate sins. It's what we do, and we do it very well. <laughs> we keep getting things wrong. We keep falling short of the glory of God. We're not worthy. We don't belong in the holiest of holies. We don't belong in the Lord's presence. That's for people who are perfect. That's for people who perform at the highest level, who perpetually achieve great and godly things. But us? We're just imposters. But then came Jesus, Hebrews tells us. And Christ did not enter a sanctuary made by human hands, a mere copy of the true one an imposter but christ entered into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of god on our behalf christ entered the holy temple we read about in revelation when the cherubim encircling god the cherubim even cover their eyes because they should not see the full glory of god they hide their faces lest they be consumed but christ our high priest stands fully in the presence of god and unlike the high priests of old who had to sacrifice a blood offering year after year in order to enter the holy of holies christ christ only needed one sacrifice once for all and that was his life only christ didn't need to die in order to purify heaven his blood instead prepares heaven for all of us takes away all of our sin that we might enter in. The blood of Christ flings open the doors of heaven and earth so that we might all dwell in the presence of God, in the holiest of holies. One sacrifice, one time. Hebrews says it's best when he he writes, but as it is, Christ has appeared once for all at the end of the age to remove sin by the sacrifice of himself. Can you say that with me? But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the age to remove sin by the sacrifice of himself. One more time. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the age to remove sin by the sacrifice of himself. So sin has been what? Removed by Christ's sacrifice. We come here every Sunday to remember Christ's sacrifice. So so here's the question I found myself asking this week. Why do we continue to crush one another and ourselves with the weight of our sin? Why can't we let go of the things we've done when Christ already has? Christ already, once and for all, he doesn't have to keep going in there every time you do something wrong, every time you steal the cookie from the cookie jar. Christ doesn't have to go back in and atone for you. Once and for all, his blood has always already prepared a way for us. So then why would we sometimes feel like we don't belong? Because I don't know about you, I hope I'm not the only one or at least I hope I'm not the only one in, in, in this room here, but I, am, am I the only one that has ever felt like a Christian imposter? Like, I, I've got Christian imposter syndrome. Like, I look around in and, 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 and this room and, and think to myself, well, who let me in with this group? And I'm the pastor, and there are days where I feel like all these people belong here, except... What's that song? One of these guys is doing his own thing. One of these guys just doesn't belong. Right? All these people, they know their Bible better than me. Like, I bet some of them have even read the whole thing. Like, all of it. Do people do that? Do people read the whole Bible? like Even the book of Hezekiah? Who reads Hezekiah? And will I get into heaven if I haven't read the whole thing? and they all pray better than me. I mean, they know all the words. My words are horrible, and I think they know my words are horrible. Like, I know they saw me that day when I messed up the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer, how do you get into heaven if you mess up his prayer of all the prayers? And that's the least of my sins. If these people knew what I've done, they for sure wouldn't let me in here. If they knew how far I've missed the mark, how far I've fallen short, if they found out, they'd know I'm a fake, an imposter. They would know that I don't belong here. And if I don't belong here in this copy of the real temple, what are my chances with heaven? When it, get bad, when it gets bad enough, we stop coming. <laughs> We, we keep ourselves out lest we be found out. And we tell ourselves, I'll go back when I get myself right. Anybody ever heard that? I'm going to get back to church. I just got to get a few things right with myself before I'm worthy to be back in the sanctuary. Which is funny because Hebrews just told us that the only one who can get us right is who? Jesus. And he already did that once for all. But we get caught up in our sin. And sometimes, because we're human, we like to catch other people up in their sin. Pointing out the imposters along the way. Because maybe if we point them out, people won't look at us and find us out. And even though Christ removed our sins, past, present, and future, once for all. I love that phrase, once for all we can't let go. And I think sometimes it's because we're much more comfortable with a faith that involves managing sin than a faith that involves trusting the sacrifice of our high priest Jesus Christ. It's true. Did you know that one of the biggest factors behind our young people leaving the church after high school is that we focus too much on Christianity as sin management. We get so caught up teaching our young people that faith is just a list of do's and don'ts. So that when our young people inevitably, because they're human, do some of the don'ts, they feel like they no longer belong. I'm out. I'm an imposter. If they knew what I did last night, they wouldn't let me in here. If I keep coming in here, I'm going to get found out. They don't belong here. And so, guess what? They aren't here in increasing numbers. We are slamming the door shut, the same door that Christ flung open with his sacrifice. And because here's the thing I mean, we all know it, we're all hypocrites. We're all imposters. We're all getting it wrong, breaking the rules. None of you are enough. How's that for encouraging? None of you belong here. Right. Because Christ. Because Christ, our high priest and our sacrifice both, gave himself once for all, So that despite any unworthiness we might have, despite any failures we might have experienced, despite our less than perfect days, we might enter into the very presence of God. That we might belong, that we are more than the sum of our failures, that you might know once and for all that you are not an imposter. Thank you, Mary. That you are the real deal that you are the child of the one true King. Whether you like it or not, whether you feel like it or not, you are. So today, as we begin to turn our eyes toward Christ our King, I want to challenge you to turn your eyes from your own sin, to turn your eyes from the sins of others, to stop sacrificing yourself and your neighbors day after day after day, year after year after year. We don't have to do that anymore. Rather, let's turn our eyes to Christ, our high priest, who has already opened the doors of heaven itself for you, for all of you. Amen? Amen. It seems kind of funny to say all that and to say, you know, we've already been forgiven, we've already done the things, or Christ has already done the things for us, and to turn around and say to you, hey, now let's confess our sins. But we're going to do that. And I want you to hear a word that you're going to say. No one in this room is going to say, I forgive you. I forgive. It's not up to any of us, right? Instead, we say, in the name of Christ Jesus, you are forgiven. Like, you are already forgiven. You are forgiven already because we need that reminder. That's why we come. To lay it out there, hopefully, so we don't keep sitting the same ways, but also to be reminded that we are already forgiven. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven.